Our next speaker is a freelance journalist who writes for Broadsheet and other pu um, publications by day. By night, he leads a secret double life, reading all the science and technology stories he can find. Please welcome to the stage, Nick Connellan. The man I want to talk to you about tonight is often called the father of electricity, with good reason. He perfected the alternating current motor. He built the first radio. He invented the remote control. He discovered the Earth's oscillating frequency. He identified the background hum of cosmic radio waves. He laid the groundwork for the development of the particle accelerator, the electron microscope, the transistor, radar, and dozens of other amazing devices. This man, this very, very famous man, is of course Nikola Tesla. He was a genius in the true sense of the word. He spoke eight languages and could recite poetry in four. He was also a long way ahead of his time, even further ahead, I'd say, than Marty McFly in Back to the Future Part One when he played that wicked guitar solo. <laughs> but a lesser known fact about Mr. Tesla is this. He was totally, utterly, completely batshit insane. Tesla had a morbid fear of germs. He couldn't stand the sight of jewellery on a woman, pearls especially. He claimed he could never touch another person's hair, except maybe at gunpoint. He counted his steps, he ate alone so he could calculate the volume of each dish, and he saw blinding flashes of light whenever he got too excited. At other times, he suffered nervous breakdowns which resulted in bizarre symptoms, such as ultra-sensitive hearing, if a clock was ticking in the room, it'd cause him an intense pain. In short, Tesla probably had severe OCD. Though, as we'll see, this was nothing compared to his behaviour in later life. Tesla was born in a small Croatian village in 1856 and started inventing pretty early on. By age five, he'd built a functioning water wheel and dismantled many of his family's clocks. At that age, I was still working out how to open milk cartons, something I still haven't mastered to this day. When he went to school, he was often accused of cheating. But the truth was, he could memorise entire books, logarithmic tables, and other complex bits of information simply by looking at them. First go. Imagine playing the bastard in Scrabble. Tesla claims he never built a model of anything because he could visualise everything in his head, testing and modifying the design until it worked perfectly. Despite this, they have found sketches of his stuff. This tells us that even geniuses sometimes lie to seem smarter than they really are. <laughs> After high school, he went to Austrian Polytechnic School in Graz. There, he studied physics and maths. He also had his first encounter with the direct current motor. He told his professor that he could make an alternating current motor. Said professor laughed in his face, but ate a big fat humble pie five years later when Tesla did it. So if you don't know, the difference between AC and DC is this. In DC, the electrons flow in one direction only, producing a flat line current. In AC, they switch back and forth, uh, enabling them to travel over long distances without losing too much power. DC is fantastic for laptops, microwaves, fridges, and other devices, but it's useless at traveling any distance. You'd need to build a generator every couple of kilometers to make it work. Instead, thanks to the magic of AC, we now have beautiful towns like Bonnie Doon with their power lines overhead travelling for hundreds of k's in each direction. 
Tesla passed all his first year exams with flying colours, but financial troubles caused him to drop out. He soon became addicted to playing cards and gambling. With his excellent memory, he'd think he'd be good at this. No. No. He lost more and more, falling into a deep depression and disappearing for four years. We pick up the thread again in 1881. Alexander Graham Bell's telephone was sweeping the world and Budapest was one of four European cities to have an exchange installed. Tesla went there and he got a job at the Central Telegraph office. He seemed happy. One day, he was walking in the park with a friend. Mid-conversation, bam, he was struck by another one of his crazy, intense flashes. He saw a perfect working model of an AC motor in his head, so he drew it in the soil with a stick. Unfortunately, despite a recent promotion, he had no money to build it. Five more years would pass before he was able to smash that humble pie in his professor's fat face. <laughs> Tesla's motor was clever, even by his standards. Everyone else who tried to build an AC motor had used a single circuit, which, made, which caused lots of vibrations and made the motor run poorly or not at all. Tesla's design used two circuits, each slightly out of step with each other, which created a stable magnetic whirlwind and turned the shaft. Like musical pitches, electricity has an oscillation frequency. As certain musical tones and semitones are harmonious and compatible with one another, so too can electrical currents be combined harmoniously or inharmoniously. After he left Budapest, Tesla found himself in Paris, working at the Thomas Edison Telephone Company. He tried to spread the word about the benefits of AC, but, it was bitterly, but he was bitterly disappointed to hear that Edison was a DC man through and through. This was the so-called start of the war of currents between the supporters of AC and DC. Sometimes I like to imagine that these two groups were like gangs, like the Crips and the Bloods, like A sizzle, D sizzle, manizzle. <laughs> Anyhow, in Paris, Tesla was offered a huge bonus if he could repair a generator which had blown up, embarrassing the company in front of the German emperor. He did, but his arsehole bosses refused to pay up. A friend at the company, a former assistant to Edison, told him to head over to the United States where all the real opportunities were. The friend wrote him a letter of introduction to Edison. It said, I know two great men, and you are one of them. The other is this young man. Wow. I hope I can get a letter of introduction like that when I apply for a next job. So Tesla sold everything he owned, and he jumped on a ship to New York. It was 1884. The French had just given America the Statue of Liberty. Tesla was 28. He went straight to Edison. At age 32, Edison was the man in New York. One of his generators was powering the whole of Wall Street, while others were lighting up factories and theatres and mansions of the rich and famous. He was backed by a powerful industrialist, Piers Morgan. Problem was, he was kind of a dick. He cared more about money than great inventions and would happily let his engineers do all the legwork as long as he could profit. At that time, he was also stretched really thin. There was huge demand for his DC power and not many qualified people to help him. When Tesla showed up, Edison didn't pay much attention, but sent him to repair a broken generator on a ship. Tesla worked all through the night to do so and impressed Edison the next morning when he showed up. Pretty soon, Tesla was given free reign at General Electric, Edison's company, and every single day, he'd show up at 11 a.m. and work through until 5 a.m. the next day, 18 hours. Soon, he announced he could redesign Edison's many dynamos to be more reliable and efficient. Edison promised Tesla a 50 grand bonus if he could do so. 
You see where this is going, right? <laughs> After a year of working these 18-hour days, Tesla walked into Edison's office and said he'd done it. Edison replied, Tesla, my good man, you don't understand our American sense of humour. He offered him a $10 raise on his $18 per week salary. So Tesla quit in a rage. His unemployment didn't last long, though. He was, he was too smart. A group of investors approached him and said they wanted him to form his own company. But when they screwed him on stock options, he quit for a third time. The economy went bad shortly after, and Tesla found himself working in minimum wage street gangs. Still, he filed seven patents during this time, adding to the stock he'd already amassed in the previous few years. Luckily, the foreman of the gang, head of the Western Union Telegraph Company, was also interested in AC. Him and Tesla hooked up, and soon they had a company called the Tesla Electric Company. Over the next uh, two years, Tesla filed about 40 patents, and finally, he started getting some recognition. He was asked to lecture at several important societies and caught the eye of George Westinghouse, a Pittsburgh industrialist and inventor. Anyone got a Westinghouse washing machine? That's George Westinghouse. He also invented the uh, air brake, which powers all modern trains. Oh, sorry, brakes all modern trains. So Westinghouse had been touting AC for years, but he didn't quite have the technology to roll it out on a large scale. Tesla's patents gave him that ability, and they teamed up, and soon Tesla's generators were being built all over the country. To no one's surprise, Edison was livid when he heard about this deal. The stage was set in the war of currents. The A-Zizzles against uh, Tesla and Westinghouse against the D-Zizzles, Edison and Morgan. The DC guys played really dirty. Their propaganda machine went into overdrive, warning against the dangers of AC. They paid schoolboys to round up cats and dogs off the street, then invited journalists to see the pets being electrocuted in live displays. They said the pets had been Westinghoused. Edison then tried to pass a new law limiting currents to electric currents to 800 volts, which would effectively eliminate AC. Westinghouse threatened to sue him for conspiracy, and Edison backed down, but not before he successfully lobbied prisons to complete executions using AC instead of hanging. When all this failed to knock out AC for good, Edison and Morgan spread rumours on Wall Street that Westinghouse was going broke. Westinghouse stocks crashed, and the company had to merge with several smaller players. There was just one small flaw. With all the AC generators across the United States, Tesla was owed 12 million in royalties. The companies could not merge with this liability hanging out. I'm no economist, right? So I plugged this figure into an inflation website and found that today that would be the equivalent of 317 million. It's a very complex calculation, though, and the same website also stated figures of 2.6 and 13.2 billion. To put that in perspective, if we take that middle figure, 2.6 billion, that's enough to slot into the top 1,000 richest people in the world, according to Forbes. The entire world. 13 billion, meanwhile, is enough to, enough to enter the top 100, alongside old mate Gina Reinhardt. Westinghouse was an inventor himself, and he believed in royalties and credit. So he approached Tesla, his hat in his hands, highly embarrassed, and he explained the situation. After a light chat, Tesla thanked Westinghouse for his trust and support and tore up the contracts. Yes, he literally turned down billions just to help a mate out. What a legend. 
In return, he was given over 200 grand for his just over 200 grand for his patents. Westinghouse went on to win the War of Currents and became even richer. Edison's company eventually licensed all of Tesla's patents and switched to AC. Tesla, meanwhile, went back to inventing. Nothing made him happier. He also delivered a lot of flamboyant lectures around the world, strutting about the stage in cork platform shoes, electrocuting himself, and generally just blowing people's minds. <laughs> he quickly became the most famous and celebrated scientist in the world. During this time, he made the first steps towards describing cosmic rays and other types of radiation, laid the groundwork for the electron microscope and the particle accelerator, and many other things he's never been formally credited for. Bear in mind, other people went on to win Nobel Prizes for this stuff. During this time, he also built on the work of Heinrich Hertz and James Clerk Maxwell to invent the Tesla coil, a type of transformer which can produce high voltage, low current frequencies, uh, electricity, I should say. Every, today, every television and radio has a mini one inside. They're a vital aspect of broadcast technology. In 1893, Tesla made two lectures describing radio transmission in detail, and after the second, successfully sent some audio wirelessly. These lectures were widely published and translated into several languages. Two years later, one Marchese Guglielmo Marconi, the so-called godfather of radio, arrived in London with a device almost identical to that described in Tesla's lectures. He denied ever reading the lectures, a claim the US Patent Office branded utterly absurd. So Marconi made a ton of money and his invention got loads of credit. Again, Tesla proved himself to be a powerful dick magnet. <laughs> Luckily, he was also a chick magnet due to his dashing reputation and impeccable dress sense. He soon became the darling of Manhattan, friend to journalists, industrialists, actors, poets, academics and writers, including the famous Mark Twain. Many rich, powerful and presumably hot women were also after him. <laughs> but he never seemed to have time for them. He never had a relationship, he was never married, never known to be linked with anyone. A lot of people said he was gay, which was a pretty serious accusation back when homosex was a felony. But I know the truth. He was just too busy inventing shit. Also, it's pretty hard to have a relationship with someone if you're too afraid to touch their hair. <laughs> so all throughout the 1890s, Tesla was holed up in his lab, basically beating the pants off everyone with his crazy experiments. At one point, he set the lab on fire while experimenting with liquid oxygen. The floor collapsed and he lost a lifetime of work. His replacement lab was nearly shaken to pieces when he had started experimenting with vibrations. He attached a tiny electromechanical oscillator to a structural beam, which basically made the whole beam vibrate, nearly shaking apart the whole building, and caused a small earthquake in Manhattan. <laughs> when two policemen rushed to the building, they found him holding a sledgehammer and looking alarmed. What a badass. <laughs> okay, so after all this, Tesla realised that it probably wasn't safe to experiment in New York anymore. This despite the fact that he loved being the man about town living in fancy hotels and strutting around in the best clothes. So he moved his lab down to Colorado Springs for eight months, where he fully embraced the mad scientist's lifestyle. He built a huge barn and constructed a massive kind of electrical mast on top with this copper ball on the top. It was 60 metres high, which is 18 storeys. Then he went apeshit. He started, I don't know, who knows what he was doing down there. 
Alarmed locals reported sparks regularly spreading through the ground hundreds of metres around the lab, electrocuting horses and causing them to bolt. One time, he even used the mask to create lightning. The thunderclaps were heard 25k away. That's the equivalent of Melbourne CBD to Werribee, Noble Park, Warrandyte, Epping or the airport. Again, despite the apparent frivolity of all this, Tesla used the mask to listen to background radiation from space, the, same, the very same kind that the Big Bang Theory is based on. Unfortunately, he didn't see it for this. He believed the radio pattern was a message from aliens on Mars and spent the next few years telling everyone and making a general ass of himself. <laughs> it's no surprise that Tesla's life was pretty downhill from here, especially with the ascension of Einstein. Um, and Tesla famously didn't like him. He thought the, the theory of relativity was bullshit. So Tesla spent the next five years trying to raise capital and dig himself out of debt. But when one of his primary backers was murdered, the whole thing fell apart. He spent more and more time being ridiculed by the press and fighting with Marconi and Edison. Get this, until the 1960s, only 11 patent cases reached the Supreme Court in the US. Two of those related to Tesla's inventions and both were found in his favor. But he started neither case. They were brought to court by people who had shares in his patents. All he wanted to do was invent stuff. He wasn't really interested in fighting over intellectual property. So he kept his head down, even as war, World War I raged around him. In 1917, he wrote a paper about the application of radar to detect enemy planes and warships. He didn't get all the principles correct, but the general idea was good. Just prior to the outbreak of World War II, these ideas were rushed through government labs and gave the Allies great advantage in winning World War II. Tesla wasn't credited, of course. He also filed a number of patents relating to automatic robots and remote control vehicles, such as torpedoes and drones. And these weren't paid much attention until 50 years later, when people developing, developing computers started looking at the patents and going, oh my god, someone beat us to this by 50 years. So yeah, it was well ahead of his time. As he reached his 60s, Tesla became a weird recluse. There's the crazy cat lady stereotype. Tesla became a crazy pigeon man. <laughs> in his hotel room, he'd have dozens and dozens of sick pigeons that he was caring for, and they'd sit on him, and he'd be covered in the feathers. And, uh... So one day, the journalist caught him in the park, and uh, he, he admitted to them that he'd been caring for these thousands of pigeons, and he said, but there's this one special female, and I quote, I loved her as a man loves a woman, and she loved me as long as I had her... Uh, there was purpose in my life. Yes, Tesla, forget all your magical inventions that change the world. The love of a pigeon is what gives your life purpose. <laughs> the poor man was going crazy, of course. It gets worse, though. He went on to say that one night, that special pigeon had flown in through his open window. As I looked at her, he said, I knew that she wanted to tell me she was dying. And then she gave me a message. There came a light from her eyes powerful beams of light from her eyes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and yet, Tesla's brilliance still managed to shine through all this. At age 75, he invented a machine for extracting geothermal energy from the Earth and turning it into electricity. He was generally a big advocate for renewable energy, actually, and even wanted windmills to be put on the top of every building. Sadly, though, he spent the last 10 years of his life in the shabby hotel New Yorker, largely ridiculed or forgotten. He died in January 1943, aged 86. It sounds cliche, but Tesla's legend lives on. To this day, 
Some of his experiments have never been repeated and exist in a semi-mythological place. For example, he was apparently able to create a dancing red flame that could be picked up and moved with bare hands. This was one of his great stage shows. I like Tesla because he did it for the love. Elon Musk, the modern-day genius and founder of SpaceX and Tesla Motors, knows this too. Recently, he gave away all the patents that allowed his company to make millions selling electric cars. Sounds familiar, huh? The message was clear. Innovation is more important than money. Tesla knew the same thing. The other reason I like him is because he proved that being a little bit loopy is no impediment to success. You can see pigeon shoot lasers, shoot lasers out of its eyes and still do world-changing work. I mean, come on. But I do think his brilliance and his weirdness were linked. As autistic savants have some detriment to their social skills for their incredible memory and other gifts, I think Tesla's genius came at a slight cost to his sanity. Also, it kind of helped that he regularly allowed millions of volts to surge through his brain just to delight audiences. Thank you. Thank you, Nick.